When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. First and foremost, we've got to talk about what motorsport gives to this country. A recent report released by Motorsport New Zealand said the amount of money generated into the economy by motorsport is $1.1 billion. That's right, $1.1 billion, which is a heck of a lot of money. And then you tie in jobs and the like. Well, the man to talk to is the president of Motorsport New Zealand, Wayne Christie, who joins us right now. Wayne, that is a, a big, big number. Yeah, g'day, Stephen. Yeah, it, it's really quite staggering, isn't it? Uh, with, uh, we always knew that motorsport contributed a lot to our economy and uh, we, we didn't have the means to do such a survey ourselves. But uh, with the help of the FIA and the grants from them, we have been able to get that done and and now we've got some figures to back up what we always thought. So what's the purpose of doing something like that? It's, there's a number of reasons for it, really. One, one is, uh, from our point of view, we, we needed to know just what, what our sport was worth to the economy and also some of the dynamics around it, uh, such as uh, how much, on average, a competitor might spend a year, how many nights away they might have, what their average age is, a bit better information around our uh, uh, volunteers as well. Uh, it also now gives us some ammunition that we can take to local councils, governments, uh, potential partners, and they can start to... We, we've got some factual figures as to what, uh, what, what they would what we can bring to them and what, uh, yeah. what they can bring to us. So this is about if, the, if you want a council or the like to invest in, a, in an event, they know what their return is going to be. I remember talking to someone about the tennis and saying, you know, they go to the council and say, well, this is going to produce so many beds, stays a night in the town and the like, and it gives you an idea about how much people are going to spend in entertainment and the likes. Yes, exactly. That's, um, that, that's exactly it, yeah. And that, now they know that, uh, you know, we've got the likes of uh, even smaller places in South Canterbury here. We've got uh, the South Canterbury Car Club and Levels Raceway. And uh, we, we can actually get some localised information that uh, that can help the likes of the South Canterbury Car Club as well. What did the report tell you about the numbers of people involved in the sport uh, and the amount of job creation that flows on from that and also the volunteers? Yeah, so uh, it, it showed us we've got around 24,000 participants. Uh, that's across competitors, uh, volunteers and our officials. And uh, it suggests that uh, our competitors do around about six events a year. Our volunteers, I think, do around about nine events a year. Uh, competitors spend on average about $17,000. So there's, there's some really good numbers 
in there, uh, which which really um, gives us what we need to know. We, we know now that the average competitor age is around 52, which is relatively old for a sport like motorsport. So we've got some work to do to uh, to help bring that age back down. Well, that, yeah, that would be of a slight concern because you've got so many young Kiwis. You know, we've got the, the Liam Lawsons, we, we've got uh, Hunter McElroy, the Billy Frasers, uh, all these people, like the Nick Cassidy's, the Mitch Evans, all offshore doing their thing. Yet it doesn't, I wonder where, if it's inspiring the next generation. Yeah, I, I think uh, we, we've always had that, that good young crop of uh, competitors coming through that we see each year coming to our Elite Academy and and uh, we, we know that there's great numbers involved in karting. But what we need to do now is really utilise those guys, the Liams, the Billies, the Hunters, to really make motorsport more attractive to to a wider wider group of younger people. Well, well the key is ha- having a a summer series, if you can run it in these, these current times, right? That's actually attractive yeah. for television because, you know, I know there is the GT series coming up, but, but you, you know, great stuff, big fields sold out, but is that going to be attractive to people on the telly? For me, you'd look at the Toyota 86s, that's fun, that's attractive, big fields again, and even the, the Grand Prix, uh, the TRS series, which we were involved in two years ago, was fantastic, but the question still remains, is it entertaining? Yeah, and and I think that's that's some work that we need to do. I think the eighty six series this year is going to be super entertaining. I think there's twenty two odd cars uh, and a whole host of young drivers coming through. So I'm I'm thinking we're going to see some really entertainment there. Uh, and then when we look below that, we've we've got a, a a big range of classes that can appeal to all sorts of uh, ages and budgets. But to be fair, possibly more entertaining to the competitors themselves and we just need to get that entertainment factor across to uh, a wider group of spectators. Because it is fun, but you've got to get into it, right? And that's the most important thing because it's, you know, it's an intensive sport, particularly with the safety regulations that are involved. Now, I must say congratulations to you, Wayne, being elected to one of the 14 members of the, onto the board of the FIA World Motorsport Council. What's it, what's the feeling like to have a seat at the top table in World Motorsport? <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, it's still a little bit surreal, actually. Yeah, that, that happened last Friday night uh, with the annual general assembly, which of course was uh, largely held by Zoom, and we're stuck here in New Zealand. And around about uh, half past twelve, one o'clock in the morning, I was found out that I'd been elected. And then thought, oh, that's great, I can go to bed now. But then I was told that the first council meeting was going to be at three thirty, so I didn't get a lot of sleep that night. But uh, no, look, it's it's great for New Zealand to have a, a seat at that table. Where um, I believe on the third Kiwi after the late Ron Frost, and of course the great Maury Chandler. Uh, so to have New Zealand represented there, I think, is really good for our country. And it means that we can we can have a say and hopefully influence some really good stuff that happens in the world of motorsport. So, okay, so what would you like to influence? I mean, what, what are the practical applications for you of being on the board? I think uh, one of them, and uh, it's something that I was able to influence through through the last four years on the on the rally commission, was just applying some of the safety requirements sensibly, and in a way that uh, 
that works for people. The FIA has a fantastic safety department and they're constantly coming up with new standards and, and new requirements. But we need to be able to apply that in a real way rather than just blindly saying, well, here's a new safety standard and that's going to give us, a, let's say, for example, a fire suit or a race suit gives you an extra one to two seconds of protection in a fire. Um, but if the cost is going to be twice what it costs now, then it's, it's just not practical to implement it the way it is. And uh, So we, we've fought really hard to make sure that when we do introduce new safety stuff, that it applies to us, that it's not cost prohibitive, and uh, and we can implement it in a way that uh, that gets good buy-in from those that have to use it. It's funny you talk about sort of race suits because I've I've been talking to a mate who has a you know, who manufactures these and he says it's just ridiculous because you have to have the FIA sticker on it. It sends the the price of race suits through the through the roof, and for for young kids and mums and dads wanting to get their you know into this sport, it can become restrictive. But you have to have it. Yeah, you know, I was, I was uh, not, not that long ago replaced a lot of my safety gear and had a bit of mental add up. And, you know, just in your, in your, in your apparel, uh, by the time you've got your helmet and your hands and your race suit and things, you're, you're up to sort of six, seven thousand dollars easily. Mm. And we, we just need to make sure that what we've got is, is fit for purpose, is safe, it doesn't have to cost the earth. So the, the Motorsport Council is responsible for all aspects of motorsport globally. Is there one big thing, do you think, that's on the agenda for change? Have they talked about it at all? Uh, perhaps a wee bit early to tell, Stephen, but uh, the, the the members of the FIA, which is the, uh, the, the sporting bodies around the world, have clearly signalled a desire for change uh, by electing the new president, Mohammed bin Salayan, rather than opting for a continuation, more or less, of, of what, what we've had under the reign of John Todd and uh, before him, Max Mosley. So, uh, Mohammed has brought some, uh, some, some pretty big wishes with him. He's wanting to double the global participation of motorsport in the next four years. And uh, it's going to be interesting working with him and seeing what his ideas are to, to help bring that to, to reality. How strong is the green future for motorsport? Are they going to push the green future? Because, you know, we do understand one thing, motorsport is about noise. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's going to be a problem for us. Electric cars are, are certainly coming in, and I know that there's been a lot of work done on hydrogen-powered cars. Um, and... Like, like every aspect of our society, we've, we've got our part to play in, uh, in making sure that things are environmental and sustainable. Um, so, you know, the, the days of us having big, noisy cars may, may, be, uh, may be numbered. Oh, but, shush. Uh, Hush your mouth. Stop I it. Know. Come on. You're yeah, our representative yeah. on the board. <laughs> all for noise. All for noise. Yeah. I mean, for me, the, the, the smell of rubber and, and the noise and, and, and everything's all just part of it, isn't it? So we, we've got to protect that as best we can. Well, I think it's doable. You've just got to computer enhance the noise. I'm a great believer in that. Uh, Alexis did it with the LF1. They, they made it sound like a, a Formula One car and that, that ridiculously expensive LF1 a long, long time ago, a million-dollar car they lost money on. So it's doable. Wayne, yeah. congratulations. Uh, have a lovely Christmas and uh, just take it easy over the summer, okay? Thank you, Stephen. Look forward to seeing you at a track soon. Yeah, hope to get out there. Thanks, mate.